Welcome to the Generation Voids podcast, The Retail Warzone. Good old boys club, a cancer with no cure. Steve. Yes. Explain, explain to those of us. Of course, I now know what it is, but explain to those oh. of us who doesn't know what the good I old have. Boys vi- I have visual aids. I came prepared. Are you ready? Visual aids. All right. So the good old boys club. What is the good old boys club? Uh, the definition that was one that I pulled up from Urban Dictionary it says male discrimination against females, men who refuse to speak to, deal with, or work with women, usually old, fat, white men who believe women should be seen and not heard. They also believe women belong in the kitchen, tending to the male's every need, can be men of other cultures working in a mostly male-dominated field. An example of this was I told him I was the owner and operator of the business, but he still insisted on speaking to my husband i guess the good old boys club is alive and well all right so there's that and then from market watch male workers who moved from a female manager to a male manager they were promoted faster and earned on average 13 percent more after switching the male workers who were assigned another female manager and that was from 2015 to 2018 conversely women did not see similar gains after switching managers they had the same earnings trajectory whether they had male or female bosses The new study underscored the power of real-life FaceTime, whether that's through idle chit-chat about sports or sharing a smoke break with the boss. In fact, male smokers who happen to have male smokers for a boss also had quicker promotion rates. One-third of the company's male workers smoked compared to less than 5% of its female workers. It's old news that the old boys club can help some men climb the corporate ladder. Just ask many women who have struggled to break the glass ceiling. This is from the Harvard Business Review. They describe it as not being necessarily purposeful or malicious, but it entails establishing business relationships on high-priced golf courses at exclusive country clubs, in the executive skyboxes at sporting events, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the one thing this article pushed it into is the good old boys club or good old boys network is like sponsorship. Like it says in the top right, the club is alive and well because it works. In elite circles, decisions are made behind closed doors. Certain candidates bypass others because of close connections with advocates. The club doesn't favor employees who simply work hard but keep their heads down. Rather, it divides those who are sponsored from those who are not. You know, this goes back to the whole, it's not how good you are, it's who you know. Unfortunately, self-promotion is often considered unladylike, and women who negotiate on their own behalf are penalized. They're, again, extremely sexist as far as what the perception is of women trying to negotiate and trying to talk about how good they are and things like that. Whereas it's okay for dudes to do it, you know, but, you know, females, you can't. It's unladylike, which I think is just nonsense. And then the final slide... I'm not a country music person, but Casey Musgraves wrote a song. I don't need a membership to validate the hard work I put in and the dues I paid. Never been too good at just going along. I guess I've always kind of been for the underdog. Favors for friends will get you in and get you far. Shouldn't be about who it is, who who it is you know, but about how good you are. That right there, that that entire first verse sums the entire thing up. The chorus, don't want to be a part of the good old boys club, cigars and handshakes, appreciate you, but no thanks. Another gear and a big machine don't sound like fun to me. Don't want to be a part of the good old boys club. I mean, that's about as dead on as a description can get. And then there's another, you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It begins when friend promotes friend. It continues until the supervising officers are all friends, relatives, etc. This creates a multitude of problems. You're skipping over experienced and educated applicants for a buddy. Instead of promoting someone whose skills and abilities complement your strengths and fills in your weaknesses, you promote Bob. This process is a cancer that eats away your staff until the only remaining experienced staff you have are beyond disgruntled. These people are so bitter that they spend most trying to screw each other over in order to make themselves feel better. They never reach their end goal, by the way. 
the good old boys club mentality pretty much turns our place of work into high school. The popular kids do what they want and push people around, all because they have nothing to fear disciplinary-wise. Yes, 100%. And even with females working for female managers, it's kind of like the Mean Girls Club in a lot of places. And then the last one comes from Correction One. It says the old boy networks rely on biases and assumptions to fuel their existence. Men are in it for the long haul, whereas women lack a long-term commitment due to future family responsibilities. Well, she will be starting a family soon. A man who asks questions, makes inquiries, and seeks consultation with others while working through assignments is perceived as being thorough. When women do the same, this is often interpreted as indecisive and evidence that they depend on other others for ideas or execution. Women are perceived as emotionally driven decision makers. They see the world more emotionally and therefore do not make decisions based upon facts and data. Male bosses may feel uncomfortable giving women constructive criticism, concerned that women may get too emotional and don't want to hurt their feelings. Men don't have the same issue with other men. They tell it like it is. The effect is that women are placed at a disadvantage by not receiving the feedback, coaching, and development necessary to improve their skills and abilities. Uh, Women are often not perceived as proactive in the managing of their careers, asking for career advancement advice and demanding competitive pay. Men are viewed as more take charge in their careers. They ask the question and therefore are perceived as more career oriented. Men are viewed as having more career motivation than women. The think leader slash think man assumption results in women having to constantly contend with men speaking over them or ignoring what they have to say in meetings. Women may be hesitant to speak up or shoot from the hip unless they have the right answer. Men don't worry about this. So, yeah. That's a lot to unpack. So, ladies, Iron Maiden, you go first. Your thoughts. Well, that all really pissed me off. (laughs) I bet it did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that was definitely a lot to unpack. But it's true. And... The thing is, too, I've also had my fair share of dealing with, you know, other female managers that are just as awful as the good old boys club. So Mm -hmm. I really can't say that it's just the men that are difficult to deal with that are like kind of higher up. But. Yeah, I I'm like having a hard time even like figuring out what to say, because I'm just like really fucking angry right now (laughs) well it's just a lot it is yeah it's a lot and you know unfortunately it doesn't seem like and i don't know i don't work in retail anymore thank god um but i can't imagine that it's gotten that much better since i've left nope it hasn't and i'm sure mad dog will probably have a lot more to say on that Mm -hmm. but it's just it's one of those things that just doesn't it doesn't seem to get better. It just always stays the same. And even if one person leaves that's a part of that club, there's always a person that's coming in that's going to replace whoever that person was. So it's just like a vicious cycle that never ends. Correct. Okay. You ready, Alex? Uh-huh. Mad Dog, your take. I am currently going through a situation where I had a conference call Tuesday Spoke my mind. Apparently, I got two districts up in a roar. Um, no, not and you. Then, not me. Yeah, I don't cause problems. Um, and then we are, we're realigning districts. So, uh, DM decided that he wanted to have an all-store manager meeting. He put this out, and I specifically emailed him and said, when is this meeting going to be? He said no date yet, Um, then sent out that it's going to be while I'm on PTO. He approved my PTO so he knows when I'm going. So he sent out a thing and said, oh, I guess I should have asked first. Is the 5th or the 11th a better day? Somehow, nobody else responded because trust me, I called people. And he's still deciding to have it on the 5th because he doesn't want to hear me. He doesn't want to deal with me. Because I advocate for my business. I advocate for myself. I advocate for my store. 
and he cannot stand it. And that it was brought up that he brought up to another store manager asking why I joined the company. First of all, you need to talk to me. Second of all, why are you putting my business out there? Because you don't want to deal with me? There's three managers that are new that this district manager doesn't know. I'm one of them. But yet, I've been here the longest of the other two. Right. He will not deal with me. Because I call him on his bullshit every time. Well, you, I call everybody on their bullshit. Well, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that you said that. Because I have a chart that shows how this works. And shows that it's not really i mean in some instances yeah it is a sexist thing but in in your situation some of the statements that you brought up tie right into this so i want to apologize beforehand because some of the symbolism in this chart is for my own personal benefit and my own giddiness because as mad dog knows the personas fit perfectly so let's take a look at the anatomy or how the good old boys club works in retail irregardless of gender up in the right hand corner the rvp peter griffin it all starts there okay that's where that's the leader of the good old boys club okay uh if you are playing chess you would consider him the king oh god below him you have the district managers now, I want you to keep in mind that, obviously, one of these things are not like the other. It's kind of like Sesame Street. So, and beneath those district managers, you have store managers. Now, the RVP plus the district managers, that is the core unit of the good old boys club. That's where the quote-unquote magic happens. All right, guys? That is where all the backroom talk all the gossip all the we don't like this manager or this manager sucks or you know blah 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 that's where all this shit goes on all right and the rvp is the leader of this mess okay now if you notice the store managers you got a couple of dudes in red circles a couple of ladies in red circles but what is the significance of all the white circles kissing that hiney right so, if you look over to the mm-hmm. left, kind of t- touching on what Mad Dog said, the red circle folks, these two are the outliers, good-natured, smart, and hard workers. However, they believe in facts and fairness. Then the other store managers, this is the ass kisser, all about pleasing the boss and drinking the Kool-Aid, whether right or wrong. The end result of all this and what they move to do is the good old boys club goal is to replace... The free thinkers, the people that stand up for their staffs, the people that call them out on their bullshit with the ass kissers. And what happens is they make the job so difficult for people and put so much stresses on them. They leave and the ones that stick around are all the white circle folk. It is such, such a snake pit and well that's exactly why i got moved from greenville to georgia yep because he did not want to deal with me because i called them out on all the things that were going wrong correct you did and you know i'll tell a story you know uh we had this big ooh ah shindig out in texas we had to fly to so we go out to this real swanky like resort the gaylord texan looked that shit up okay couldn't give us any payroll in the stores but by god they'll pay for 230 damn managers to go to this damn place those rooms had to be 700 bucks a night anyway so we go for three for three days yeah so we go and mad dog and i we found ourselves really early on being the outliers, the we don't drink the Kool-Aid, and especially in in my time frame there, 
the matrix plug had already been pulled out of me. So I, I was, I was done. And honestly, there's nothing that could have changed that. I, I, I was in the real world and I understood how it really worked. And I saw through all the bullshit and I'm just like, I'm not having it. Well, mad dog kind of the same way. So we gravitated toward each other. We knew each other from the, the store I was at hit it off really, really well, but we were like the bad kids. And the joke was we were, you know, we sat at the bad kids table and mad dog. I don't know if you remember the last one we went to, we got told come sit with us. <laughs> and we're like, Ugh, do we really have to? We're not like you guys. We, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, no, nah, we're yeah. good. And, we're and good. we know that people looked at us like, oh, well, they just don't buy into the mission. And they, no, we don't buy into your damn mission. Your damn mission was a joke. But because you're those kind of people, the good old boys network, whether you're male or female in some of these businesses, if you don't fit the mold, and you don't snort the Kool-Aid. I'm not even talking about drinking it. You got to snort it. You got to have like an IV bag rolling around with you 24 hours a day feeding you the company line that you are ostracized. And, and it, because, it doesn't matter what kind of job you do. It really doesn't. You just do not fit the pattern. You do not fit what they want. You do not fit. You're not that person that's going to lay on the sword to protect Peter Griffin. And I wasn't. Mad Dog wasn't. We're no longer there. Did we get fired? No. We left. You know why? Our treatment was shit. We obviously knew we were the odd ones out. And it it, it makes for a miserable situation. Well, let me just ask the uh, burning question. Yes. That. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to ask this from the viewpoint of the viewer and from the viewpoint of addicts. How does the good old boys club, how does that affect just your average everyday hourly associate? Oh, Iron Maiden, we'll let you take the floor on this one first. How does the good old boy network affect the regular hourly associate? Well, that's a really interesting question. Um, so I would say in my experience, because I actually worked my first retail career at a place that you all lovingly call Fail Mart. Um, <laughs> we had. <laughs> did you really? You you worked there too? Um, I did. Oh shit! Oh my gosh! Yeah, I did. I worked there for a while. Yeah, um, oh, that was my, my first God. jump into retail. Which I don't know how hey, I didn't go, like, run for the hills screaming after that. But I was like, oh <laughs> whatever, we'll go somewhere else. Um, but the store manager that I had there and even the people like the district manager above him, our district manager came into our store pretty often. And I think our hourly, I know at the time I was hourly and it kind of felt like for me personally, like you kind of had to, you had to kiss that ass. Otherwise, if you didn't, your store manager is going to be mad at you for not kind of putting on a show for being that that type of person um so but that was really the only experience I, I don't i don't really know how other associates felt about that but i know from my personal experience it kind of it was like a trickle-down effect i mean your store manager that was the funniest thing you see a different side of your store manager whenever his buddies come around yep, you do that are above him and I think that was the funniest thing because here my store manager that I had was probably one of the fucking worst human beings I've ever interacted with in my entire life to this day. And the way that he could switch that on whenever his boss came to be this charming and fun and lighthearted and funny guy was like almost scary because that's not how he was normally. Um, so then we all kind of had to fake it and go along with it when he would come up to us and be like, oh, hey, you know, how's it going today? But his <laughs> boss with them and we're just kind of like, oh, it's great. Thanks. Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you definitely feel it and you know, you know right away that there's some type of dynamic going on here and that you kind of have to fall into line. Yeah, you can see it a mile away. Oh, God. And, it, and, it's, and it's nauseating. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just wondering about that. Um, because the only experience I've ever had with it, just because me 
you know, as an associate, I'm a guy. So I don't have to go through all that. So I don't know what it's like. But I do know because I've got some I got some family members. <laughs> I'm not I am not gonna name names oh, tonight. Shit, here we go. They absolutely one hundred percent will sit there and say, I don't think women should work. I mean, their best job is to stay home and be moms. I looked over at him and I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean? If your woman wants to get a job, that just helps you make money, dumbass. Like, <laughs> why would you? Why? Why? I just want to know why is there that mindset that women should just be home and be moms well, when they are just just as good, if not better, than well, us here's, at working. I, well, the problem with that is that's my experience with the good old the good old boys club. If that's what yeah, that is, the, the, I've had to experience that and I've had to hear it. And I've had to hear like just long conversations about it and about how that's in the Bible and all that. And I, huh. the problem, the problem is how people are raised as far as what you're talking about, Alex, because I'm here to tell you my wife, whether I wanted her to work or not, she has to for her own sanity. And when you're a mother and you have kids and whatnot sometimes you need that that is your break you 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 blow off steam you go to work and you do whatever and yeah you make money and you know my wife is a absolutely wonderful mother mother of the year every year as far as i'm concerned but you're not going to put her in a box if she wants to work she can go damn work <laughs> and and she needs it and she wants it. So, you know, that that comes from an upbringing where, you know, you can say biblical or whatever, but it, it's it's such a back. I mean, what is this, the 1920s? No. Mad Dog, you had but, something to say about how it affected associates. Go. Well, it is that trickle-down effect because when the RVP doesn't like you and the district manager doesn't like you – when it comes to asking for payroll, asking for help, asking for fixtures, you, because you're not part of that network, you're put on the bottom of the list. So when you're slammed with three trucks in a week that you have to fucking floor, you know, floor unload yeah. and you say, Hey, I need, 30 more hours you don't get it because you don't belong right that's how it affects the associates exactly because you're cheating because associates out of hours right you don't get any extra hours the ones you have you are literally trying to kill them in their four or five hour shift because peter griffin doesn't like you because lurch didn't do his job and was pencil whipping shit and lying and you get thrown under the bus. Yeah, that's a valid point. Store manager takes over a problem store. It's a problem store because the district manager let it become a problem store because he didn't care. All right. The, the, the regional vice president shows up and the store shit. The D the DM never let him know how bad it was to cover himself and immediately throws that manager under bus. And if they're tight, the RVP automatically takes the DM's word for it. And please remember, I had been waving the flag, blowing the whistle, whatever you want to call it, for a year and a half before you even got there, which is why I got moved. Yep, exactly. Because you raised the issue. And this is another thing the good old boys club does. Instead of dealing with the issue, they consider the issue a problem and they transfer the problem. Now, speaking of good old boy network, Iron Maiden, this one's going to be something for you to talk about if you understand where I'm going with this. So the good old boy network takes all sorts of configurations. Okay. It's not as cut and dry as male and female picture. If you will, a district manager who's male and a female oriented Ran business 
And all of a sudden, the good old boys club <laughs> becomes more like the good old harem club. Care to elaborate, Iron Maiden? So you got a male district manager. Yes. Who has yes. his favorite female managers, quote unquote. Mm, okay. Know where I'm going? Yep. I right. do. I do know where you're going. With the floor this. is yours. Um, yeah, so I actually dealt with that um, because, unfortunately, under said district manager, I was not the favorite. No. Um, <laughs> no, was not the favorite, unfortunately for me. Um, but because I'm not in the business of, like, kissing your ass and telling you what a great person you are when you're not. Um, so the store that I worked in, it was a pretty big store. And... We never got the payroll or any of the stuff that we should have had to run that store. Um, however, there were other stores um, that did. And there was a reason for that. Um, I would say said district manager was, if I may, he liked his women. We'll put it that way. Bingo. And Bingo. ones that would... The ones that would kind of swoon over him and, you know, make him feel real special all the time um, were always the favorites. And then you had the ones that actually were there to do the work and took the job seriously. Who cares about that? We don't care nope. about that. We want the ones that are going to sit here and tell me, you know, oh, my gosh, you're so great. Like, oh, you're so funny. You're so this. You're so that. And, I mean, this guy was an older guy. He was very old school. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's kind of the way that I saw him and yeah, but he also had this little like gaggle of men underneath him True. who had been there for a long time and they were the same way, you know, I mean, it was, it would be hilarious to go to some type of district meeting or a new store opening where all these people were kind of gathered together and the way that they would just kind of like fall all over him. And then you have the other people that are like, Okay, well, that's great that you're all wasting your time telling him you're so this, you're so that. You know, we have a fucking store to open here in like an hour, so maybe we should all get to work and do something. Um, but the people like that, the people that were kind of like me in that mind, like we never really got the recognition that we deserved because we weren't going to sit there and kiss your ass and tell you how fucking great you are. So, but yeah, there... <laughs> That's the funny thing. I mean, there are definitely, and I hate to say this, but there are women in this industry that capitalize on the fact that they are women and they will go after somebody like the district manager in that way and do the smooth, like the schmoozing and the flirting and all this. That way they can kind of get in there. And, you know, to be honest, in their credit, it fucking works usually. But I'm not going to, like, sell myself to somebody. That way they can give me more fucking payroll or something. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, <laughs> when we had that shindig down there in Atlanta, Iron Maiden, mm. you know, I'm sitting there listening to all these people talk. I'm like, is this the same fucking company I work for? Because this, 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 this doesn't happen there. I mean, it was like, What? I, and, yeah. I mean, and then I go to this thing, and right. I'm like, "Who, who, who, who are these people? Because there's nobody in my district like this at all." Who? But it, and it's rough. I mean, like that's what was so funny is like going going to those like trainings and stuff like that. There's always like a handful of people there that. <laughs> just crack me up because they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, like, no, tra like, trainer, yes, absolutely. That's exactly what I do in my store. And I'm like, bullshit, no, the fuck no. you don't. Like, give me and a see, break. Those, like, pe no, those people don't. are the ass kissers <laughs> on my little chart. Those ladies, they had that district manager wrapped around their pinkies for some reason other than they were doing a great job. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that wasn't because they were just really good employees. <laughs> I think we all know that. Alex, to give you kind of how it affected you, because it did. 
here's the flip side of the good old boys club. All right. So some people perceive the good old boys club and we're not going to use that term. We're just going to use click. For instance, mad dog and iron maiden are going to know where I'm going here. So you're a manager and you have, let's say you got a staff of like 15 people, but you've got like four hardcore great employees that you know can do the job for you and you give them tasks you put a lot of trust and faith in them and this is where the line gets blurred because you're putting things on people and you might get more hours you might get to work in another department you might to do whatever and it's strictly performance based but people around you will look at that and say, oh, he's part, part of the clique. Um, Mad Dog, we'll go with you first. How do you combat that? How, how, how do you try to make sure that people understand it's not a clique and that good work is being rewarded? So, like, currently I have three managers under me. They each have their own sections and their own things that they're responsible for. I, I had to do this partially because I got tired of the bitching. I really did. Well, so and so's not do didn't do this, so I get couldn't get to this. No, if you're all only responsible for your own shit, then you you don't need to worry about what somebody else is is or isn't right. Um. You know, and as far as like my part timers, um, like I made one of them a captain to make sure that I got all the stupid signs up that I need. Okay. Um, but I try to give each one of them, like my part timers, something that is specifically theirs. Right. You know, just. Okay, you be, you know, you're going to be UPC captain. You're going to be over my electronics because it's right there at the register. You're going to be over making sure food, expired food or getting ready to expired food is pulled. Um, but within th that, for the part-timers, for me, it's more to make them buy into this a little bit right. more to make them feel a little more a part of it for my management staff. It was to shut them the hell gotcha. up. So, but, but what I'm asking is, all right, so let's say you've got these people and you assign them things and you've got some that are really, really good. Okay. And you're giving them more and uh, just because they're good. All right. But you have some associates that start to rumble and be like, Oh, well that's, you know, her favorite and whatnot. Because it happens, we we know it does. So how do you combat that? You know, as, as a good manager, because I know you're a good manager, how do you quell that to make them understand it's not that because you're picking favorites? This is probably not going to make me sound like a good manager when I'm about hey, to say. We, we, we speak the truth here. Go. Oh yeah, let's go. Let's hear it. <laughs> it turned. I mean, I've sort of kind of had this situation here recently, and it turned into a corrective counseling form. Why, you know, again, they're performing above and beyond. You're not even performing to standard. So these, these are, if you want more responsibility, if you want me to say, okay, you're qualified to do an opening without completely just blowing the computer up. This is what you're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Like I, you got to get to, you got to get to standard before you start going above and beyond and expecting more responsibilities. They get the responsibilities and they get my trust because I know they can handle the basics. Right. And, and, and that's exactly kind of what I was asking. Cause you know, we'll close this whole thing out in a minute, you know, talking about how bad the good old boy network really is, but you know, from a store, you know, macro kind of environment, people create in their head 
that there's a click or a good old boy network just because the people that are doing the work are getting the hour and the pre- the hours and the praise and only the, they're only seeing that somebody's advancing or getting more than them not realizing that it's based on performance so uh iron maiden i'm going to kind of throw the same thing at you how how would you if if you've got a store and you've got associates you know you can count on and you put more on them and they wind up getting more hours because of their performance how would you quell the the uprising of people who would be like oh well that's iron maiden's favorite well and i've had that happen to me before um and normally whenever the associates that i would have would come to me and say I don't understand why I have to be in this department when so-and-so is in this department. That's where I want to be. Usually what I would say is, all right. I mean, if that's what you want, then we'll give you a shift over there one day. And we'll have you train over there and we'll see how you do. Um, As far as the ones that would always complain about the hours and stuff, usually it was because their availability was shit. And I'm like, so are you complaining because you can now work this stuff because you told me that you couldn't? So I'm kind of confused. Like, I, what what exactly are you wanting? <laughs> right. Um, but normally, like, whenever people thought there was a click, I would try to go out. Because I'm so not for that shit. I've worked in so many places where there were clicks. I came into my first manager role where there was a click going on with my store manager and other associates that worked there who were his favorites, who would purposely go behind my back and say things to him about me. And then he would get on my shit about it. So I've been <laughs> in probably every facet of dealing with a click at some point. So I try to shut that shit down before it even like gets enough air to breathe. Um, so yeah, I mean, if people really want different opportunities and want to do different things, I am all for trying to give people those opportunities. But at the same time, you have to perform. And if you're not going to do the job that I need you to do, then I don't really know what you want me to tell you. Right. And, you know, and that's the thing. You know, the main core of all this, you know, talking about the good old boys network, and the reason I asked you guys about quelling you know, an uprising in your store is because it's to show that store managers, good ones at least, don't have clicks. They have employees they know that perform to a certain level that will get the job done for them. The problem is that mentality does not transfer further up the rung. And you know, the good old boy network has nothing to do with performance at all. At a store level, no. you guys that are, you know, putting more on people that do the job and whatnot and, and, and praising them for doing the job and whatnot. If you are one of those managers that aren't in the quote unquote ass kiss circle, it's a total injustice to your entire team because whatever praise you give someone, a blind eye is going to be turned to because you're not part of the club. And the good old boy network, like I said, you know, when you look online and you read definitions and yes, it, it, it is a very sexist thing. All right. It, it's real and it happens, but in the retail industry, in my experience, it's not based on sex. It's based on whether, you know, you're kissing your, your manager's ass. All right. And everything that you do, you could have an employee and I've, I've seen this happen. You know, you could have an employee that you know is 100% fantastic. Greatest ever, you know, give them all the hours, get everything done for you. But because you're not part of the upper level click or the upper level good old boys network, if you were to walk away from that job, get fired, leave, quit, whatever, all those persons efforts don't matter. So you've got an individual who has worked hard and done whatever 
But just because you weren't liked as a manager, their efforts are negated. And so it's, it's terrible because not only do you lose a manager, you wind up losing good employees because all of a sudden the regime says, well, they only said you were good because they liked you. And, you know, having been in a situation a couple of times where you're not in the click, it the amount of stress it puts on you and the amount of anger, and, it, and that really is the truth, the amount of anger that builds inside of you because you give your heart and soul every single day to do the best job you can do. And just because some bald dude doesn't like you as a person or as the fact that you'll tell them like it is or the fact that you'll call them out on their bullshit, it makes your life harder. That's a problem. And I think there are far more managers in retail that disappear and quit and leave the business or go somewhere else because they feel like they're excluded from the club. It's not like they want to be part of the club. It, it, trust me. It's not like I wanted to be like, hey, I I, I, I want my, my, my ticket. I want my admission slip. No, I, I don't want to be part of the club. Uh, that's that's not what I do. It's, it's just not who I am. I want you to respect me for my experience, what I bring to the table, and respect me for the fact I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. And therein lies the problem with the good old boy network. The truth is never what they want to hear. Once you start spouting truth, you can actually put a stopwatch up and start ticking it down, knowing that your time is coming. One of two things are going to happen. They're going to find a way to fire you, or they're going to find a way to run you off. The good old boys is what you explain, but it sounds to me like in retail, it's mainly just this click. Of it people. is. Here, here's the problem with calling it the good old boys club. And, and here's the problem with this in general, especially being somebody who never fit in, who was never part of that click. The same ones that are kissing Peter Griffin's ass are the same ones that will turn around and talk shit about him. So you lose trust in your upper management because you hear how they talk about them and then you see how so kind of like Iron Maiden said earlier about how they change when they're around Correct. so you 100% lose any trust or respect for that person because if they're doing that to their boss what are they doing to you exactly and and I will tell you as a store manager you can see it. You know, if if you are a free-thinking, been in the trenches in this business a long time person, you can see those people that are going to throw you under the bus, no matter how nice they are to you. They're going to throw you under the bus because you, you see how they get elevated. You see the shoulders they rub. You see the things that they say. It's, look, man, it, it's not pretty, all right? And there's some really good people I've known in my career that drank the Kool-Aid. And it's a shame because, you know, it, it, these are great managers and, and people that did great things. But they gave up their soul and their independence for the sake of gaining favor from the king. And my mentor, uh, who I've mentioned this before, his name was Ken. He was a store manager for Old Time Pottery. He passed away last year. Unbeknownst to me, I go in, I see the store. To give you an idea, I go into the store and it looks like trash. And I'm like, oh my God, what the hell happened? He's always ran perfect stores. And I'm like, can I speak to Ken? And they're like, well, he passed away. And I'm like, holy shit. But the one thing he always told me was put your head down, speak your mind, and do the job. He didn't, he never played the game, never did. And you'll appreciate this, Iron Maiden. He was a Jersey boy. 
And yeah. yeah, and Bruce Springsteen was his hero. But anyway, you know, I, I saw <laughs> this guy go up against these cliques and succeed. It can be done. I actually have a funny story about having to serve the king. So when I got serve my the king, nice. promotion, yes, um, when I got my promotion um, to assistant manager, my first promotion, my store manager asked me, so I need to make sure that I can trust you. So, I mean, if something ever happens, like, will you have my back? And I didn't really know, like, what he was meaning by Jesus, that. Jesus, that's a big like, red I mean, flag. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So fast forward um, a year later, you know, I get my promotion and said store manager um, flung a chair at me from across an office and then saw this thing and then heard it hit the wall. And I was like, oh, cool. That was a chair. Um, so I had to call HR. Um, and because he was a part of, you know, what we're going to call the good old boys club, um, nothing ever happened. You know, the district manager ended up calling me and was like, Hey, like I heard this happen. Like, are you okay? Like, don't worry. I'm going to handle this situation. Oh, bullshit. Not a goddamn fucking thing. That motherfucker. If anything, I actually got in trouble for even calling HR about that. And I'm like, are you really going to sit here and like debate the fact that I called HR? You fucking threw a goddamn chair at me. Like, I don't really know what he's like. Well, I, well, we had this conversation. Like, I didn't think that like you would ever do anything. Like, I'm just very disappointed. I'm like disappointed. I'm like, bro, you threw a chair at me. Iron Maiden, did you throw the chair back at least? Because I'm. I'm telling you, if someone threw a chair at me, they're getting WWE'd right back. All right, did saying. you bring shame on the Jersey Shore by not retaliating? I guess I did, because I just, I, I mean, I just, I kept my cool, and I walked out, got my phone, called HR, and called Lord, it a day. You, um, you oh. and Mad Dog and my wife are the last three people in this world I would throw a fucking chair at. It's not no. I, I want to. I want yeah, to live. we would be having this conversation from jail. Oh shit! If somebody <laughs> if somebody yeah. threw the chair at Mad Dog, shit, she's right. She's gonna use her one call, one phone call to come on the the retail war zone. She's she gonna be in prison. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus. Yeah. So not my proudest moment of like not standing up for myself, but I really thought that something would happen. Cause I was like, I mean, Hey, as far as like HR shit goes, I would think this would be like a pretty big fucking deal. Right. <laughs> you know, like, but well, nothing, nothing Iron happened. Maiden wins the war here. Nothing happened. Iron, Iron, Iron Maiden wins. She got a chair thrown at her. I can't say I've ever had anything thrown at me. So I don't know about you, mad dog. Anybody been anything that got thrown at you? No, I know the answer to that. The answer is no, because because if somebody yeah, threw something I'm, at I'm Mad Dog, she, she'd be in jail. Yeah, I'm not with jail. Nice. So you know, it's not about being man or woman these days in retail. To be perfectly honest, it's about did you drink the Kool Aid? It's about who you know. It's about being submissive. It's submissive. It is about being yes. submissive. And you know, and if you are if you're dominant. No, you you won't make it because you will get forced out. Right, and and you know I I know I've been told some stories here recently about managers who just refuse to take accountability for stupid shit, like oh I fucked up on the schedule. Are they going to work that shift? Nope, they're not. But they're going to tell somebody they got to, or managers who want to bitch about things that are out of their control and blame it on other people. Man, I'm glad I'm not working for these people because I would make them cry, make them mad, make them want to throw shit, make them want to stab me, whatever. Because I am past that point, ladies and gentlemen. I have done this way too long that my filter is broken. And if I wind up getting back into working at a store somewhere or something is part-time or hourly or whatnot, no keys. I don't want to. I'm allergic to keys now. But. If somebody pop off and say some stupid shit, I'm probably going to lose my job because I'm going to be like, yo, wait a minute. You know, 
management accountability is a big thing. And then if the ladies come on from retail warriors podcast, our topic for that night is going to be the good manager versus the bad manager. And that's going to be some way crazy shit, but I, I just couldn't do it. I mean, my plug's been pulled. I'm, I've been pulled out of the matrix. I see, see it for what it is. I'm not drinking Kool-Aid. If you try to shove that pitcher down my throat, I'm going to punch you, man. My level of not giving a damn and telling people what I think is at an all-time high, and God forbid I have to do that shit again. Because if I do, we're going to have a whole episode over that because it'll only take 30 days before I get fired, probably. <laughs> Iron Maiden, you see it, you know. You know, Iron Maiden, in your case, you got out of retail. You know how hard it would be for you to go back. And if you did go back, you've got like this super hypersensitive um like intuition now that you see everything and you know what it is for real it's hard to survive in that because real people don't you just like when you see bullshit you call them on bullshit and it's a day right oh i couldn't do but when i real when i put my notice in because i gave a month notice when i left i was fucking done (laughs) i was done with everybody i was done with the customers and I didn't give a shit about anything anymore. I was like, you know what? This is horrible. This sucks. I hate everybody. Fuck all of you. I'm leaving. Oh, the jersey is and coming out. I'm gonna make sure that I collect. Yeah, like I'm gonna make sure I get my last couple weeks in so I can make some money and then fucking deuces, everybody. <laughs> like I am we- out. I don't give a shit what happens to the store. It could collapse into the ground and get swallowed by hell for all I can care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> And See, it's ruined. Like it that. really has. Like <laughs> I say that every day leaving work, and then yet somehow every morning my car drives there. Yeah, but because it's still standing. But <laughs> yeah. let, hey, look. Let me tell you. I know both these ladies. All right. I wouldn't want to piss either one of them off, and I wouldn't want to meet them in an alley in a street fight. But let me just go on record saying, Mad Dog, shit. I pity the individual who pisses you off enough to swing. Oh my God! Well, that's like the uh, gentleman that <laughs> called me a racist, and I oh over the rug that you told me about. Politely, oh yeah. yes, as politely as I could, uh, escorted him out of my store <sighs> and told him to never. Come you know, everybody back. talking about and then also, everybody talking about Jake Paul oh, fighting boxers and stuff. Let Jake Paul get in the ring for Mad Dog. My money's on Mad Dog. Yeah. I uh, I would pay to watch that. I would pay to see I w- that. I'd fight. sponsor it. <laughs> well, you know, there was, I don't think you were there, Steve. I don't remember. But there was a point at the decor store when some guy came in to do a return. It wasn't even from our store. And he didn't speak very good English. And when I told him I couldn't take it back because. Number one, he didn't have a receipt. Number two, it wasn't even from our store. Um, he started screaming at me, and I just picked up the rug and tossed it out the front door and told him that he could go spend it. <laughs> and got to the point where the police got called. And like I had told him, number one, you don't have a receipt. And number two, it's not even from our fucking store. Wow. See, that's the yeah. shit you deal with. And, and you know, going back on other topics, this person will call corporate and it's not even from the store. They're like, oh, you treated the customer like shit. Wait a minute. It's not even from our store. It doesn't count. <laughs> but yeah, it counts, especially if you're not part of the click. If you're not part of the click, they're going to get you on it. You know, they'll make. Here's the biggest lesson for everybody out there looking at this good old boys network thing. If you're not part of the network, they will manufacture a reason to push you out. Period. So I'm sitting here looking at Alex with his hands behind his head. He hasn't said a lot tonight. So, Alex. Yeah, because I've I've been so unbelievably lost this episode. <laughs> Alex. Because I I I've never been a manager. I don't know what it's like like in any way shape, but here's the thing alex it, it doesn't affect us managers it, it it affects associates because the good old boys click actually survives in stores too you know there are there are well i mean steve it sounds to me though like it affects because 
I've never really been like affected by it because it seems like it has a trickle down effect from, you know, like your graph illustrated from Peter to the right. random, the big four right. downward. So I mean, but when it when it does affect you, it affects you in the worst possible yes, it way. Does. It affects you in the pocket. Exactly. Um, when it affects a manager, it affects them with their time because when they don't get the payroll, when they're not making sales because they can't get the freight, they can't get the help because they're not in the click, they don't belong. Um, you know, we we as managers end up wasting more of our time because we're not getting payroll. You guys aren't getting hours. You're not getting paid. We're there. We feel like we might as well just roll out a cot and sleep there because Damn right. it's just like there and back, there and back because we still have to get everything done. Do more with less and good luck to right. you because they're waiting. For you to you know, you bring up a, you. They're waiting. Mad Dog, you bring up a great point because you and I saw the same payroll reports. All right. So you'd be looking at, you know, your DM be like, okay, here's your four weeks of payroll. And you knew whether or not they liked you or not just by looking at that damn report because you'd be like, why is this store getting so much payroll and I'm getting this? I mean, that's how blatant it and, is. And they're down in sales and I'm doing right. better, but they're getting more payroll. I'm getting more trucks. Yeah, it doesn't make yeah. sense. You, you're looking at like this payroll sheet. You're like, why is this store in Tennessee getting 100 hours more than me and I do more volume than then? Can somebody please answer me a question? And when you ask, you're like, no, it's just how it worked out. No, what that means is you are a part of the no, fucking it's, club. It's the friendship. Right. right. It's the friendship, friendship ranking indeed. And and that's terrible because, you know, we <laughs> Iron Maiden, before we get out of here, you got anything you want to say? Well, it's been a really interesting time here tonight. Yes, it has. So thank you all for that. Um, brought back a lot of like traumatic memories. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, hey, I think the world needs to know about how things really work when you're in retail. Um and, you know, there's something to be said, too. You know, if you're out there and you're an hourly associate and, you know, you're dealing with a lot of shit where you are, just remember, sometimes your managers, depending on who they are, don't have a lot of say in the horrible shit that goes on. And there are some really bad managers out there. Yes, there are. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are some good ones out there too that will try to advocate for you. But there's only so much that we can do sometimes. And if you really want to, there is a life after retail. And by all means, <laughs> move on, spread your wings and fly. You're right. And yeah, there is light at the end of the tunnel and it is not a train. Um, so yeah, get out while you still can. And. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me on tonight. I, I love it. having you guys on. I mean, you know, I, I worked with both of you. I mean, Maiden, you and I went through that god awful training in Salisbury. Um, it was, uh, look, I'm going to be honest with you, my whole experience with that company was like, what the fuck is this? But, but yeah. you know, it really comes down yeah. to what Maiden says about you can get out. It comes down to a very simple equation. Okay. If you're a retail manager, you need to remember this equation. Money versus pain. Pick and choose wisely because that's what it comes down to. It's money versus pain. And sometimes you have to think, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Exactly. So, Mad Dog, final thoughts. To thy own self be true. Do not drink the Kool-Aid. Do not kiss the ass. Be you. Yep. Just be you. Yep. Do you. Be be the you don't have to be the best employee. You just have to be the best version of you. And that's it. And if you can walk away at the end of the day knowing that you are the best version of yourself, all the noise doesn't matter. Period. Addicts, what you got? Shameless plug time. Go. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to shameless plug tonight, but I do just want to say for the retail war zone, I'm ready for the associates. 
I want to have a group of hourly associates on so we can talk. I mean, I see here, like, we got Soul Eater. So that way Steve can be sitting here just staring at the ceiling. Well, no, no. (laughs) I mean, you bring up a valid point, Alex, and I've, I've been preaching this for how many episodes now? We got Soul Eater here. I still just want to have a whole entire argument because, like, I'm I'm ready. I know I know Alex wants to have an argument, and and I, I want to temper expectations here. If we do wind up having the managers versus associates, you associates better come locked and loaded. I'm telling you because the managers that I have that will participate in this, those aren't the managers that you've had to deal with in the past. These are good people that take care of their associates. So it's not going to be like, oh, well, how come shitty? They're going to tell you the truth. And if you can handle the truth, come on, we'll go. I want it to be two ways because there's a lot of things that I want to say, too. Like, for instance, like one of the things is like as we have went through this entire podcast, I'm like, I would love to be in Texas getting paid to go to an employee meeting. You know, Alex, you know what the worst part about that was? <laughs> but it's it's not all about that though and you know what when you come back after being gone for three days and you didn't get extra payroll to cover the fact that you weren't in your store you then spend the next three or four days basically working open to close to pull your shit back together because your people lost fucking minds while you were out of town yeah it's like great getting like we're rolling out of there with like wheelbarrows full of gold you got to understand that by the time you break down how many freaking hours we work mm-hmm. we make shit correct nothing correct <laughs> so addicts i'm all for you uh, you know what addicts i'm gonna leave that up to you right now so you and two to three associates go get them Go get them. That, that's I'm, the, I'm recruiting an army. You go. You fun. go recruit your army. <laughs> so and you know, ladies, it will all be in good fun. Like it's just, it would just be like the general associates versus the general managers. Just it's just like a just questions we've always wanted to ask our managers. Like no bias, because I'm looking at the dollar signs, right? Like I'm looking at like a hundred grand a year, and I'm like. I definitely want her. I do too. It, like I said, I, I agree with Alex. I want a night by, I go by Scarlet. I, I approve of Scarlet. I think Scarlet is cooler than Soul Leader, just to let you know. Um, I would like a night where we have just all hourly associates. I've been, Alex, how many episodes have I said this? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, like. and, and that night, I will just sit here and answer questions, and Alex can lead the whole thing. We want hourly people. We have asked for hourly people. You people need to be able to speak your voice. Come on. Because what is this show called? The Steve? Retail War Zone. The Retail War Zone. And what is the most common factor amongst associates? Um, You're talking about your managers. Yeah, and that's fine. Bring it. Let's go. I, I have no problem. I want that, actually. It's hard for us to advocate for employees when employees don't want to come on. And that's really what this is all about, is advocating for you hourly guys. So, Alex, here you go. This is your challenge. Go get some hourly folk. You tell me how many we got. You tell me the topic, and we'll go. Oh, yeah. No, I am... 100 percent down okay so 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 go get us I'm, i don't care uh we can probably do up to including you alex up to five maybe six in addition to you so five get five to six hourly associates let me know who they are let me know what names they want to go by and we'll make it happen yeah, yeah. so oh, yeah well having said that guys we're at an hour and a half Mad Dog and Iron Maiden, as always, it is a pleasure to have had you on. Great to be here. Yeah, love it. Yeah, love what you guys do. Well, our, Iron oh, Maiden, yeah, you, yeah. we appreciate. Yeah, you too. appreciate you greatly, uh, Iron Maiden. You so you really you really enjoyed the Misfit Lounge the other night, huh? Um, like I said, I am all for a part two, three, four, five, whatever you guys want to do. Part two, because that was. That was that great. was a fucking train wreck, <laughs> is what that was. 
That, but but the, well, I mean, you, you you pulled out your fucking guitar halfway. Well, through. well, here's the thing. That was that wasn't even the good that guitar. Great. That wasn't even the good guitar. If we do that next time, we do this. I'll pull out my good one, and that's that's a. Well, let me tell you. I went to work the next day and thought to myself, like all day, I'm like, shit. I didn't even bring up this band. Oh man, what about them? Oh like, shit, I gotta practice. So now. yeah, I'm like. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm ready. Right. I'm so, ready for the next. So, time. all right. So, for you guys that watch Misfit Lounge, and if you didn't, Steve brought out the guitar. So, Steve will bring out the good guitar Monday. So, send me some song requests. I may be able to play them. I may not. Alex, you and Low, quit sending me Mario shit. I never learned how to play it. <laughs> well, that's a big. That's just a big. It will just is. I play real music, but anyway. <laughs> Considering me and Low are like. The biggest Nintendo fans, not right. you ever, what? Steve. Okay, <laughs> whatever. When you're old enough to say that you bought these consoles on release day, then you can talk to me. But anyway, all right, everybody. So, oh yeah, back back in the 1980s. Yeah. So, Mad Dog, Iron Maiden, thank you guys for being on. We'll do this again, obviously, shortly soon with some other stuff. Um, the neighbors, thank y'all. Nice. All right. So, everybody, have a good night. Uh, make sure you check our Facebook page. Make sure you check YouTube. Like I said, we got some really cool stuff coming up. If you have topics or things you want to cover that we haven't, send them to us. If you want to be an hourly associate and get in on the fray, contact Addicts. Addicts right now. We haven't done it yet. You can just follow my Twitch, Addicts2993. Go to my YouTube, Addicts2993. Frame request me on Facebook. I have the same last name as Steve. There's your hint. Hint, hint, no judge. TikTok at addicts2993. Make sure you guys. That's my shameless. There you plug. go. Make sure you guys spread the word about the fifth with Mr. Cat and his book and being on. Uh, if you go to my Facebook page, I have a link to where you can purchase the book either physically or on Kindle. It's going to be cool. That's going to be a good one. Um, it, good things coming, guys. Spread the word. So. You know, we'll do a lot more later. All right, guys, everybody have a great night, and we will see you next time.